Right now what we have to do is to do everything we can to get out of the pandemic. Do you serve the Chinese Communist Party or do you serve the global public? As of today, we are not set up to single out countries. Why has there been no formal and public protest about China withholding the data you asked for? Why? Can you explain that to me? We are laser focused on saving lives. The World Health Organization is under fire from governments and scientists over its dealings with China during the pandemic. Many think it's been too soft on Beijing and too willing to accept everything it's told. My guest this week from Copenhagen is the European Regional Director for the WHO, Hans Kluger. Does his organization have the guts to stand up to the Chinese when it needs to? Hans Kluger, welcome to Conflict Zone. Your recent fact-finding mission in Wuhan has provoked a firestorm of criticism from many scientists and others around the world. They're complaining that your messaging seems to give far too much support to China's preferred narratives, which are neither impartial nor objective. Why are you doing that? Well, let me remind you, uh, Tim, that I'm the regional director for the WHO European region, which covers the 53 European member states, right? And China doesn't belong to that one. But if I speak from, uh, let's say, a generic uh, point of view, the report is being written up as if we are speaking now will be made available. And if we take it to the issue of transparency, accountability and reinforcement of the international health regulations, that's globally speaking, certainly one of the main points that the independent panel for pandemic preparedness and review is looking at right now. Well, you don't seem that independent because, you know, you're pushing the notion that the virus may have circulated elsewhere outside China before it was identified in Wuhan. And that is one of Beijing's favorite scenarios at the moment. This idea was even included in your mission's term of reference document. And this had to agreed, be agreed by the Chinese government before you were actually allowed into the country. So you were towing China's line right from the start, weren't you? Well, uh, Tim, uh, please allow me to remind you, I'm the regional director for the 53 European member states, not the director general in Geneva. I think this question would be well uh, best versed to uh, WHO Geneva or the West Pacific uh, region. But let me make a more generic point here that the World Health Organization is not the World Health Inspectorate. We are governed by the world's nations. Right. And that's something very important. I understand important, this, but uh, your, credibility, your credibility is on the line here. Your credibility is being questioned. Um, last year, Japan's deputy prime minister actually called you the Chinese health organization as opposed to the World Health Organization. So aren't you worried about your credibility? Well, what's happening, Tim, is that in the World Health Organization is a technical organization. And from the very beginning, WHO has been acting fast. If you look at the first report was uh, sent to WHO the 31st of December, immediately the day after WHO triggered the structure, it's called incident management structure, to get ready for an alarm at the highest level. That is what's happening. And of course, there will be what we call a very forensic after action review. Who said what? Who said what to who? 
this I, I, all I will happen. That. But right now, I, I, I understand that, and, and your full your full report your full report is still awaited. But up until this point, you've you've upset a lot of people. The American biosafety expert and professor of chemical biology, for instance, Richard E. Bright, spoke for many when he called your mission a charade. It has no credibility, he said. Its members were willing in a, and in at least one case eager participants in disinformation. The predetermined, preordained purpose of your mission was to raise the false flag proposal that the virus originated outside China and arrived in Wuhan through international travel or internationally shipped frozen food. No serious person, he said, right. considers two frozen two, food two, two as a plausible explanation. Uh, Right, so two points, if I may. Uh, the first one is we're still in the midst of the pandemic, so we are laser-focused on saving lives, including a global rollout of the vaccination. Number two, as I'm responsible for the European region, we already are taking forward very important lessons learned from the pandemic. Well, you may be taking forward lessons, but you're upsetting a lot of people in the process. The White House itself, the Biden administration said last month, we have deep concerns about the way in which the early findings of the investigation were communicated and questions about the process used to reach them. The fact is this mission of yours that went to Wuhan may actually have made things worse, mightn't it? Well, Tim, I don't want to speculate because I think that would be unfair as my territory is the 53 European uh, member states over here. But as I was mentioning, the WHO Director General was tasked by the World Health Assembly last year to establish an independent panel for pandemic preparedness and review, which has delivered its first interim, second interim report recently to the executive board. And they for sure will be doing the job. What we are doing here in the WHO European region Every single day, I'm talking to ministers, to prime ministers, to presidents, right? From what are they awake at night and to help them to contain the virus? Well, everybody is awake at night wondering whether they will get to the bottom of the central question, which is how did this outbreak first occur? Now, at one point during your mission to China, China refused to hand over information that the WHO had been requesting for some time. My question to you is why did the organization not insist on access to all relevant data before you actually went to China? Well, I think that's a question, uh, Tim, for uh, WHO uh, Geneva, but what is well, you, very you important... Keep, you keep avoiding the questions, Mr. Kluger. You, keep, you represent the WHO, um, and therefore you have to sell what they're doing in China and their investigation to your European partners. I'm asking how you can do this when Tim, there seem to be obvious holes right. in the way this investigation has been proceeding. Tim, I have a mandate, right? I report to the 53 WHO European member states, but of course we're part of a global organization, you're absolutely right. And that's why in any WHO reform, and I think Germany has been quite straightforward on that one when it had the EU presidency, and which is a very strong supporter of a WHO reform, that there is an issue globally with accountability and the reinforcement of the international health regulations, particularly if countries are not allowing an independent mission or if they do not share data at a global level. And that's something that has to be taken forward. But WHO is as strong as the teeth that we are giving to. And as of today, we are not set up to single out countries.
Why, why has there been no formal and public protest about China withholding the data you asked for? Why? Can you explain really, that? As to I was me? mentioning, WHO is working with its member state. It is governed by the world's nations to protect health. Now there is a independent panel which is looking whether the mandate of WHO should be strengthened and one of the main outcomes of the interim well, I'm asking report you is for that your WHO opinion is now. I'm asking you for your opinion now of China withholding vital data that is standard practice, standard practice to ask for in the case of a, an outbreak of a pandemic. Now, do you prioritize 2.5 million people around the world who are now dead from this virus, well over 100 million infected, or are you just content to satisfy the whims and uh, desires of the Chinese Communist Party, which is more important for you? Do you serve the Chinese Communist Party or do you serve the global public? Because it doesn't look as though you serve the public at the moment. I am serving, dear Tim, I am serving, as I had told a number of times now, the 53 WHO European member states, right? That's what uh, I'm busy with, working... Uh, uh, around the clock with, uh, with the member states uh, together. And there is a WHO reform which will be decided by the World Health Assembly in May. Right now, what we have to do is to do everything we can to get out of the pandemic. And how do we do it? Number one, scaling up the vaccination effort. Very important. Number two, to be very vigilant that the mutants do not decrease the efficacy of the vaccination. I'm not asking Number you about three, that. I understand. I understand. Mr. Kluger, about that. But you're not answering my questions, which are focused on your mission to China and the concerns that it has raised, clear concerns internationally, both in Europe and America. Now, in the course of their well, visit first and to foremost, China... This is not, that is not my mission, Tim. This is not my mission. This is a mission of the world, which has been decided by the World Health Assembly. You represent the World Health States. Organization in Europe. Mr. Kluge, you represent the World Health Organization in Europe. Many people in Europe are very concerned that this mission wasn't independent, wasn't objective, and hasn't done a proper job in Wuhan. Right, and so I think that's a very good conversation, that? right? To in well, what I'm doing, three points. Number one, WHO has been acting fast from the very moment that the report came out of Wuhan, number one. Number two, the WHO European region is already acting upon lessons learned. And number three, we are taking forward already the most crucial issue, which is to get out of the pandemic. That is the top priority that I'm busy with as the leader of the WHO Europe in the 53 member states, Tim. That is I my mandate. I understand that. I want to talk about the mission to Wuhan. In the course of their visit there, your team poured cold water on the theory that the virus may have leaked from a Wuhan laboratory and caused the outbreak there. They called it highly unlikely. And that, too, has provoked a wave of condemnation from scientists across the world. Why is the theory of a leak from a Wuhan laboratory so unlikely, as far as your team is concerned? Why? Well, Tim, I would like to stick to my mandate of the 53 WHO European member states. But of course, I'm in contact with my colleagues, right? And particularly the director of the WHO country office in China, one of the best public health experts I know, WHO Geneva. And I think, Tim, really, that we should give the mission the calm, the quiet, the space to finish their report, which will be followed by a press conference. 
and then all these questions ben, can be asked. But I think until the report is finalized, that we should give them the space to look at the different hypotheses, really. Well, we already have plenty of statements from the team, plenty of statements from their team leader, which have caused concern. So we have to deal with what has been said already. It goes to the heart of the credibility of your organization. Um, when there were questions raised about safety issues in the laboratories in Wuhan, your team leader, Ben Mbarek, said on February the 8th that they were reassured by hearing of the high biosafety protocols in Wuhan's laboratories. Well, what else were the Chinese going to tell them? Were they going to admit then and there well, that they had safety problems? Well, how naive listen, is this listen, Tim, approach? I was not there. I, I, yes, but you represent the organization. Sure, but let's be straightforward here. I'm responsible for the 53 member states of WHO European region. And you region. have no concerns so about this mission to Wuhan. Are you telling me that you have no concerns about what absolutely was no we, concerns? We are meeting every two weeks with the WHO director general, with the six regional directors as the global policy group to exchange. And what are the lessons? The lessons are number one. No, any country, no, any organization was ready for a pandemic of such magnitude. I think that is the first thing and we have to work on that one. The second issue is that pandemic preparedness is a global public good. And that's why I established the Pan-European Commission on Health and Sustainable Development to keep public health at the top of the political agenda. And the third one, which you have to work on, is the trust of the people in science, which I also discussed with Dr. Anthony Fauci recently, because if the people lose the trust in science, then we will be vulnerable for any future pandemic. Well, the point is that the scientists are losing faith in you and there's international condemnation from scientists. Let me give you an example. Bruno Canard from France's National Center for Scientific Research said that by pouring cold water on scientific theories and pushing Beijing's narratives, the WHO has been committing credibility suicide. There were so many conflicts of interest and obfuscations in your team investigation, he said, it's as if you'd asked Iran's president to lead an international check on his own nuclear program. You can hardly be indifferent, can you, to the kinds of criticisms that you're getting from scientists? Right. We are absolutely not indifferent, Tim. I mean, over well, you sound like is it. You sound leaving... Like it. No, no, absolutely not. And absolutely not. I mean, uh, leaving no one behind. That's the core of the whole mission, right? And we need to look how to improve. But let me remind you that WHO, it's like an employee-governed organization, right? So the member states are setting the agenda. We try to identify the best practices, to share the best practices, but we are not calling out countries. No, it's up to the member states if they would like to revise the international health regulations. But I think we should not underestimate the fantastic work which has been doing by experts, by the staff of WHO, giving every ounce of themselves day and night to try to get out of this pandemic. And this is still the goal, Tim. This is still to save lives and to suppress the transmission, particularly with the rapid spread of the mutants. Do you trust China? Does the WHO trust China? We are working with all 
member states. That's not Tim, what I right? asked you. And Mr. Kruger, that's not what I asked you. I asked you whether the WHO trusts the information that China gives you. It's a yes we or no. Are it's a yes or very no question. Right. So China does not belong to the WHO European region, Tim. I mean, that you have to uh, acknowledge. So I think that's a I'm not question, talking about which region. Have... I'm, not talk I'm talking about the WHO as a whole, the World Health Organization as a whole, which you represent in Europe. And I'm asking you a simple question, which has a yes or no answer, which you don't seem to want to answer. Does the WHO trust what it, the information it gets from China? That's a pretty simple question. Yes or no? The... I... Absolutely. And we have long-standing relationship with all WHO member states. We have country offices in 166 countries. The day after the first report was coming out of Wuhan, we were in touch with the Chinese authorities. But this is an evolutionary process. Even the Wuhan mission will not come back with all the answers. More questions are giving rise to more questions and we so will if I, go if I through this you, hand if I understood hand. you correctly, you're saying absolutely you do trust the information you get from China. Is that right? We are working together hand in hand, Tim, with all the member states. We have been asking data, we have been asking service to all the member states. But don't press me, please, particularly on the China mission, because we have a region director in the West Pacific region it would be very unfair for me to answer those questions into detail. I have not uh, been there. That would be speculation. So I am here working day and night with the 53 member states of the WHO European region. And I think I really would like to stick to that mandate. Well, I, w I want to ask you, if you're, you're so keen to say that you do trust China and you've been working closely with China. China is one of the most strictly censored countries in the world. So to accept anything they tell you without supporting evidence would be extremely risky. You'd have to agree to that, wouldn't you? Well, I think, again, this is not a question to, uh, to meet him, right? We made well, it, it is a question to you I because I keep telling you, you represent the World Health Organization in Europe. You have to have an Absolutely, opinion on the most important thing that has hit the, hit the uh, WHO in many years. Sure, but this is a federated organization, right? So I have three levels over there. I think this also have to acknowledge it's quite unique in the United Nations. So we have a WHO headquarters in Geneva. We have the six regional offices. And I am here representing the World Health Organization. I got a mandate from the 53 WHO European member states. And that's what we're doing. We acted fast in the European region. Even before the first case was detected in France, we already put up a incident management structure and since then everyone has been reprofiled in the office over here learning lessons during the pandemic to improve public health infrastructure to get health at the top of the political agenda and really move forward as the moral and technical force towards universal health coverage yes but none of that is any good if you are not trusted if you are not trusted and you're not trusted at the moment and the U.S. State Department accused well, China, China, Tim, with whom you're working closely, it accused China of systematically preventing a transparent and thorough investigation of COVID-19's origins, choosing instead to devote enormous resources to deceit and disinformation. Now, you as an organization have well, released... Can I just finish the question, please? 
you as an organization have released information which China gave you without any warning that it comes from a censored state. So you are part of the problem, aren't you? If, they have been, if the US State Department is correct and China has been putting out in deceit and disinformation, you have also put out deceit and disinformation. Well, dear Tim, you were mentioning a number of times the United States uh, of uh, America. Two weeks ago, I had the uh, acting uh, ambassador of the United States of America here in the uh, regional office, which was very clearly expressing the trust in the leadership of the WHO regional office for Europe. And we see collaboration in many. I had uh, the talks with the regional director of the United States Center of Disease Control with Dr. Anthony Fauci. So there I felt a very strong level of trust. Every single day I have the conversation with the prime minister, the presidents. We also involve the youth, the civil society. So maybe there we have to agree to disagree. Well, I don't see how we can because the White House itself said last month, as I pointed out earlier, we have deep concerns about the way in which the early findings of the Wuhan investigation were communicated and questions about the process used to reach them. That doesn't sound as though the White House is very impressed with what, with what you've been doing, does it? Well, there is, a pro there is a process in place, no, Tim, and I think we have to give the process ample time to do uh, its, uh, its job. And meanwhile, what we really have to focus on, I mean, we saw a decrease in the number of cases, a decrease in the number of deaths, but now we see a resurgence and we see a fast transmissibility of the mutants. The people are very, very tired of the public health restrictions. And I think this is the top priority as of today. Let's get us around the table and then... Afterwards, we will do a forensic examination. What happened? What could have been uh, done uh, better? What went wrong? And we are very open-minded. After the Ebola outbreak, WHO tremendously reformed with the WHO Health Emergency Program. But right now, the focus is on saving lives. And this can only be done as a collective effort, Tim, leaving no one behind. And this collective effort can only function if there's trust in it. And I'm telling you and, and the scientists that I've been quoting and others have been telling you that that trust isn't there. And one of the reasons that trust isn't there is that during the course of this pandemic, you have repeatedly thanked Beijing for sharing the map of the genetic map of the virus immediately, you said, which wasn't true. And you said its work and commitment to transparency were very impressive and beyond words. That was a gross distortion, wasn't it? To praise China for transparency, knowing how it's threatened and harassed those of its citizens who tried to tell the truth. That is a huge insult to those trust people. Trust is isn't very it? important, Tim. Trust is very important. I, I fully agree and that trust is it. very important. In fact, this. This is the core. Well, I, I would have a different opinion here. I mean, the core of my vision for health in the WHO European region is all about what do the citizens legitimately expect from their health authorities. And we have they to restore some trust. They the truth. That's they expect absolutely. the truth. They expect the truth. It's a human right, right to, have and I'm be, sure to be told that, the truth about your health. And I'm sure that health. the truth will come out, Tim, but let's be very careful. Well, the truth hasn't been coming out. This is the problem. Early. You haven't been putting out the truth. You've been thanking Beijing for transparency when they've been arresting and intimidating people who tried to tell the truth. And you know that. Well, this is outside of the WHO European region, Tim. So I don't want to speculate uh, over here because I'm really working in the 53 uh, countries. But let's. what is my concern? My concern is that the loss of trust of the citizens in science and public health. Because if we don't get 
that one corrected, we will be very vulnerable for future pandemics. And that's what we are working very hard on with the youth, with the civil society, with the patron of this office, that we have to bring in those voices and be very self-critical. But right now, I would like to repeat, because it's so important, is to suppress the virus, because the fire is still out there, Tim. And we really have to focus on that one and pull together. People deserve the truth. Millions of people, over 100 million people infected, two and a half million people died. People deserve the truth. They haven't been getting the full truth, either from China or from you. How can you possibly restore trust in your organization unless you're seen to address that central issue? Yes, well, I am hearing different voices, to be honest, Tim. Definitely, there need to be improvement of each agency, but this lack of trust that you are citing in the WHO European region is not what I'm hearing. I have been calling two times ad hoc my governing body board to look what we are doing, to criticize if need, and to go uh, forward. And in that sense, trust, yes. I mean, trust is very difficult to build. It's easy to be lost. It's a never-ending story. But right now, WHO is the only multilateral moral and technical force to inspire countries to achieve hell for all. And we can go to very difficult places that no one else can go, including fragile states. So that is very important. Hans Kluger, it's been good to have you on the programme. Thanks very much indeed. My pleasure, Tim.